This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. All right, everyone. I think it's a go. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I'm Andrew Patterson. Um, It is great to be back. What can I say? It's been a crazy month. Not a great month, um, certainly for many of us that uh, were at the old station down on Pembina Highway. But I could not be more excited to get it going again with my pal Michael Remus. A great opening show today. We've got lots of Jets to talk about. Murata Tesh is going to join us a little bit later on today around 1.30. And the notorious Gary Lawless, my old pal from H&L, now with the Vegas Golden Knights, is going to join us in about 10 minutes or so um, to get things going. I thought no better way to start off a new era by uh, the way we started it back then with Gary. Now... Um, let's get right to it. I want to bring in my uh, partner, co-host, the uh, the CTO, if you will, of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And that, of course, is Michael Remus, who um, is joining me down from the basement where you've probably seen him twitching and uh, playing NHL for a little while uh, over the past few months. Remo, what's up? Uh, how are you feeling right now as we get it? Yeah, I was, uh, I was feeling really excited when we announced Thursday. Got a lot of great reaction. And uh, as we got closer, getting more and more nervous, but it's finally here. I can't believe it. This has been weeks of planning. Uh, This is pretty awesome. I'm extremely overwhelmed by the positive response we're getting from everyone. And it's very clear to me that this is a a product that is very high demand in Winnipeg, this type of uh, sports talk content. So I'm very excited. uh, This is the first one of uh, what should be very many. So this is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. We've, um, you know, first off, um, we've got to thank the uh, folks that help us put this together. Trevor Knott over at Knott Autocorp, first guy to say, I am in, I support you guys. Uh, Greg and Gerald over at Royal Sports, the OGs when it comes to partnering with myself and Gary Lawless, our first sponsor back in the day. And honestly, if they didn't take a chance on me way back when, I probably am not in this situation. Um, well, really for the last 10 years, never mind right now. Um, Boston Pizza, Winnipeg, Andrew Shefchuk, the Enright family, always great supporters of sports talk here in Winnipeg, and it's a pleasure to have them on board right from the get-go. And uh, Nick and Nikki, the Nick and Nikki DQ group, um, including DQ Northgate, Polo Park, Niverville, and now on St. Anne's, uh, Nick and Nikki joining us. It is just great to have them on board, and got to give a shout-out to my guy Chris Abbott from CoolBet. They'll be powering the Lions and um, yeah, I think anyone that's known my content in the past, you know we're going to be talking a little betting as well. We'll kind of do that at the end of every show. Once we finish up with the guests and everything else we need to talk about, we'll be um, getting into uh, the daily lines. I'll look at some games that we like, uh, some of the numbers. Uh, and if you are a cool bet player or want to get in on it, um, been having a lot of fun betting on the Briar, actually. Speaking of which, we'll talk a little curling later on as well. Um, you can go to coolbet.com, put in the promo code WST. Winnipeg Sports Talk, and you'll get a free, a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks. But Remote, you know, we thank our sponsors, of course, for making it happen. But as you mentioned, um, the <laughs> the response we've got from everyone has really been overwhelming. It's been humbling. I mean, when we put that video out on Tuesday or Thursday, I had really hoped that you know, we'd be able to, you know, maybe get 500 you know YouTube folks in um, like subscribers. We did that in about the first hour. Um, we are approaching 2,000 subs already on YouTube. And it was pretty wild, dude, to see us at the top of the Apple podcast charts on the weekend. Now, I just checked. We're number two in Canada right now. 
We've dropped a spot. Spitting chiclets has overtaken us. So um, as we become internet guys uh, and YouTube guys, as it were, we're going to need uh, what now? What, what do you have to do? We got the subs. We need some likes, uh, rate and review on the podcast. Is that is that what we're, what we're going for yeah, now, dude? A lot dude? of people are reaching out and asking me, how can we help? If you're watching this right now, uh, post in chat, say hi. Let us know you're here. We are on daily at 1 p.m. The podcast will be available by 3 uh, hit the like button on the video. Subscribe to all the channels. In the description, everything is there. Uh, it's a big help. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, we tweeted out the video. I scheduled it um, the night before, you know, th- Wednesday night. And <laughs> I did not expect, last I checked, it was like 120,000 views. Uh, saw you <laughs> in your, you know, in your home recording the announcement video. I mean, I probably got close to a million impressions. I mean, what is that like, Has knowing that so many people... Saw you. Uh, a million people probably that was, scrolled by it. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I, you know, it was it was stunning. Um, obviously, we appreciated all the support. And, you know, many of the guys that we've had as guests in the past, some of our friends at TSN, you know, giving out some retweets and some support. And, well, Bob McKenzie, the Bob father himself, threw out a tweet of support today and included. And it was an amazing headshot at Gary Lawless. So we'll, uh, I'll, I'll read you that tweet a little bit later on, but uh, it's been overwhelming. And you know, this project and what we're going to be doing here on Winnipeg sports talk is, is a lot of the things that, you know, especially, especially you and I, um, we had sort of an irreverent warm up show before I kind of got down to business, if you will, with the afternoon ride. And we'll really be kind of trying to combine both of those. Um, a lot of the fun, the offbeat stuff that, you know, we did on the warm up, we'll certainly have time to do now. But, I mean, the real focus for Winnipeg sports fans and for this channel um, that we're hoping to deliver is more of those fun conversations with familiar voices and trusted guests, mainly focusing on our local teams first and foremost. Now, what a day to get to it, Reem. I mean, 7-1 pasting at the hands of the Montreal Canadiens. A pretty easy game, I think, to flush away going into a big week against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we'll talk to Murat about all things Winnipeg Jets. Maybe a little bit on hogwash gate from last week uh, when the team and uh, Mark Scheifele was talking about analytics. And Murat's got a great piece in The Athletic right now on potential trade targets for the Winnipeg Jets uh, coming into the deadline. So we'll get to all of that with Murat a little bit later. But yeah, on a daily basis, um, we're going to be doing a lot of the things we did before and trying to fill some of that void that has been you know, apparent since the day TSN 1290 got shut down. And you know, I think we had talked about the potential for this sort of thing pretty early um, after it all happened. But I will say this, the response day after day after day from so many of you that are listening right now or on the podcast later on have told us that, you know, this was a big, big part of your regular routine. And, you know, to start off the Winnipeg Sports Talk channel, I thought it was important that we tried to, you know, feed this content to people in a way that, you know, they'll be able to, you know, consume it in a similar way as they've d- d- done before. Now, the YouTube channel is totally new, and it's awesome to be able to, you know, get on, do it live, have people jump in the chats. And we've got 350 people live right now in the chat, so we'll try and pay attention to that. But thanks to everyone that's popping in live and, you know, for the folks that are at the office or hanging out at home, working from home and want to join us live every day, you can do that at 1 o'clock um, but knowing how many people used to listen to us, you know, when they're driving home, 
I thought it was important that the podcast feed gets loaded up by 3 o'clock every day. That's sort of what we're committing to. We'll be going between 60 and 90 minutes every day beginning at 1 o'clock. And by 3 p.m., it's in the podcast feeds. And, and Reem, you know, we had talked, you know, when you come from AM radio, which is one of the most archaic and oldest forms of, you know, information transmission, you wonder how easy it'll be to sort of make the switch over. And, you know, you mentioned some of the numbers that we've had. Um, you know, it speaks to the demand for it. It speaks to the connection, I think, that we have with so many of the Winnipeg sports fans in Winnipeg that the reaction and, you know, we haven't had a lot of, oh, how am I going to get this? I don't know. People have found a way to do it. They've stepped up and uh, it seems like they're as fired up as we are to uh, begin this new yeah, chapter. Yeah, I know a lot of people uh, when we we're no longer doing the show maybe felt like they weren't being fed the information that they needed to keep up to date with their favorite teams. And it is so easy now. Go on your phone. Um, go to any of our social media profiles, Sports Talk WPG. The link in our bio has a link. It just is a list of every single thing. You know, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Those seem to be the most popular ways to get us. Even if you have a smart speaker at home, if you tell it to play Winnipeg Sports Talk, uh, the most recent podcast uh, will come up. So this is all really exciting. Uh, again, the response has been blown away. I tweeted, oh, yeah, you know, before we had said we're going to announce this. I was like, okay, if we hit a 1,000 subscribers on YouTube in a week, I would consider that a success. Before the first show, we were approaching 2,000. We have 360 people in the chat right now. Uh, so thank you so much, everyone. Uh, this is absolutely uh, incredible, and I'm, uh, I'm pretty blown away by all the support. And, and we all do have to thank all the people who did uh, tweet it out uh, as well. A lot of people sharing and retweeting a lot of the big uh, heavy hitters in the hockey media world. So thank you to them as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, working with um, you know our great sponsors, BP and Royal and DQ and not, we're going to have some uh, a bunch of things to give away. Um, we sort of thought that it might take longer to get to some of these significant numbers. So pay attention to all of our uh, social media <laughs> feeds. If you're not already following, um, it's at Sports Talk WPG. And we'll have, um, you know, just keep an eye on that. We'll kind of some fun ways to retweet, maybe uh, send back a screenshot of your sub, and we'll be giving out some great prizes as we go forward. Um, you know, before we get to Gary, who's going to join us in just a couple minutes, um, in addition to, you know, the sponsor, I mean, I got to thank you, Remus. Um, you know, you've done a great job on uh, the back end. I mean, I think we're actually on the air right now. Everyone seems to be enjoying in the chat. There hasn't been a disaster so far. A few nervous moments getting here, but... We are here, we are on, we are doing this. Um, but to get to this point, there was a few other people behind the scenes that helped on it a big way. Uh, Donovan Robinson over at Vantage Studios, um, the work that he and his team did getting us our logo. Um, I don't know about you, Reem, that was sort of the moment for me when I saw that logo. It was so, it just looked so legit, so professional. It, it excited me. And it, that was, I think, the point where it really began, I, I re began to realize the potential in this and what we could do. And they did just such an amazing job. And our good pal Balls, Kyle Ball Harry, who's been doing a great job with True North and the Jets uh, for so long, an old friend of mine, um, certainly did a, a bunch of great work behind the scenes helping us get the imaging for um, for what we've got going on on all our social channels. So, you know, to Balls, um, you know, for that. And, and our old boss, Rack Carney, um, anyone that was here right at the beginning of the program and heard the intro to the show, um, Rack, a radio legend and a guy that's uh, voice has been on so many reads in so many cities over the years. 
um, it was pretty cool of Rock to help us out, and it was great to have him be the first uh, voice to kind of come and and uh, introduce us and Winnipeg Sports Talk to uh, to all of you. Wow, over 400 in the chat right now on YouTube, folks. Can't thank you enough for all joining us. Um, but as we mentioned, we're going to get to Gary in just a second, and then Murata Tesh at the bottom of the hour. Uh, about 1.30, Murata will come in, and we're going to talk to you all about this. Well, without further ado, we will focus mm-hmm. in on the Jets at the bottom of the hour, but <clears throat> I don't think that there was any other way that I could start this new venture without... Gary Lawless being our first guest on the program. And look who it is. It's the big man himself, Gary Lawless, joining us now. Gary, thanks for doing this. It's great to see you. You're uh, looking good. Uh, morning uh, morning prep for a game with the Minnesota Wild tonight. So I'm uh, at the office. Uh, congratulations, you guys. You know what? I feel like I feel like Gregory. I feel like caller number one. <laughs> He's He'll, he's listening. He'll be choked. I'm trying to take his take his title, but uh, uh, you know what? Obviously, I was very disappointed when the news came out about uh, TSN 1290 and uh, talked to us uh, right away that first day. And we've kind of been, uh, you know, he's been keeping me uh, informed about what's going on, and I'm super happy for you guys. I'll be honest. I'm really happy for the people of Winnipeg and the province of Manitoba. They got a place to go. It was taken from them. And it, it's so interesting. Like so many of, of the people that I'm still in contact with in Winnipeg have been texting me and, or DMing me and saying, like, what are we supposed to do now? I had, I had Hustler on in the car all the time. You know, I was, uh, so this is, I think, uh, great. And you're going to, it's going to be easier to consume. You'll be able to do it in your own manner, uh, especially uh, for that drive home. So, uh, uh, congratulations, guys, and uh, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Well, thanks a lot, dude, and uh, obviously your support uh, over the years, but especially the last month, I think, has been uh, it, it been noticed and uh, and really has been impactful. And, you know, as far as the channel goes, I mean, that was, you know, obviously you want to keep doing what you love and have the opportunity to do it. Um, you know, we started out ourselves kind of in a bit of a DIY operation. I mean, uh, the infamous shower curtain days and then, getting the incredible opportunity to go over to CGOB and then becoming five days a week and then sort of taking a bit of a risk, but a real great challenge moving over to 1290. And, you know, I'm proud I was there from day one as the first, you know, daily show along with you and kind of there with the boys when the, uh, when the ship sunk last year, but you know, it's much more than just our show. I mean, the demand, this is, I, I believe at my core that I think Winnipeg's the best sports city in Canada. I think this sports community, the most rabid fans, that support their teams and care about them and want to talk about them. So, you know, we're going to have this show coming out to begin and we'll kind of, the fact that we're on the air and everything seems to have worked so far, big thumbs up, shout out to Remus, the CTO for making it happen. But I do really believe in the potential of this to add more content than just this program as we, uh, as we keep growing, because then Gary, you would know this, I mean, on a serious note, I mean, moving from, TSN and formerly in the newspaper to now working, you know, with the Vegas Golden Knights, the way that information and content is being disseminated and being delivered is changing significantly like year by year right now. And, you know, maybe this opportunity came at the absolutely perfect time, um, you know, with TSN walking out of the market and leaving, um, you know, uh, uh, to me, one of the best opportunities we've ever seen to kind of get in, continue what we're doing it, but doing it ourselves in our own way. 
Well, it's interesting that you that you say it that way because when you think about where the where the entity of you know, w- w- listen, I, I'm I'm removed, so we'll just think of it as the entity of hustler where you were when you started at Freak 107. You had no listeners, no one, you know, other than everyone that hung out at the 7-Eleven on court and knew who you were, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you had to build. And, and you know, um, you, you mentioned all your sponsors, like Trevor Knott and the Hasbeek Boys, and you got to get Pennycook over here on this as well, uh, you know, but all of those people that, you know, that got involved, you're, you are now, like you were at the bottom of the mountain and you didn't really even have the tools to climb it. And now you're at the top of the mountain and, you know, looking to actually catapult yourself into the stratosphere. Like I, I think you're in a great position to really make something very special happen. And, uh, uh, you know how I feel about Remo. He's very talented. He's passionate. Um, he's lovable. So I think that that you've got the perfect guy with you has Bob McKenzie said, you know, I was, uh, he, he, you were carrying me all those years. So you don't have to, me to weigh you down anymore. You can, you could really soar now, Hus. So uh, this will be, um, I have no doubt, this is going to be a massive, massive success. And I'm going to say this for a second. When, when I first got to Winnipeg, CJOB had primetime sports. Then they got out of it. They weren't in it anymore. They weren't doing it. And there was no, there was no sports talk. 1290, which eventually became TSN 1290. There was nothing. And you, people know the story. You know, you walked up to me in the press box at a Moose game and said, do you want to start a radio show? And you, like, you brought Sports Talk Radio back to Winnipeg. You, you grew that program into a, the dominant force in, in the marketplace. They built that station around you. And then some guy in Toronto or Montreal who doesn't know, doesn't, well, let's keep this positive. The the decision to close TSN 1290 and to give up the Jets rights were beyond foolish. And that's what got you to to this position that you're now going into, you know, you're making sure it stays alive. I know that they, uh, if anybody, should be in the Winnipeg Sports Writers and Sports Broadcasters Hall of Fame. It should be you. What you have done for this city, not what you have given to this city with your efforts to keep this alive, kudos to you, my man. You and Randy Turner, uh, posthumously. Not you posthumously, RT. Well, hey, listen, that's uh, that's incredibly kind of you. And um, as I said, it's an exciting time for all of us. The support we're getting from everyone is just blowing me away. We're you know pushing 500 people watching live right now. And um, to everyone that is in uh, that's hearing this later on in the podcast, uh, thanks for uh, subbing and signing up. And uh, we'll do that now, Gary. We'll have some time to talk about at some point. I would love to get you, maybe Joel Marcou, back on and have a little roundtable of some of the great 1290 memories. The cast of characters that we worked before we worked with before that that might have to be an entirely different podcast feed just mm-hmm. on uh, on the old days but for right now let's talk about what's going on i mean the jets going into toronto a big three game series kind of yeah, getting a chance serious. to match themselves against the leafs but what's up with the vegas golden knights and can you please tell us about uh, is this the first time an nhl team has been evicted from their hotel in midday on a game day what, what happened um, well, the Golden Knights were not evicted. Let's get it straight. You're, 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 trying, 
turf. I'm trying to besmirch the organization that the first class organization that I work for. The hotel shut down, so it, and it's not like they were in the uh, a motel. I'm not saying six. it was their fault, fair, but well, they got kicked out of the hotel. Sounds to me like you're saying that words have meanings, Andrew. Words hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, that they, they were, yeah, they were like guys were getting ready in the middle of their afternoon nap, getting ready to go over to the rink and have their snack. And the hotel got shut down. I don't know what happened. It was a Fairmont hotel, like a like a high end joint. I've stayed there. Uh, actually, we stayed there uh, together, Hus, when we did the when we did the Hustler and Lawless uh, giveaway. We brought two fans oh, with yes. us. Um, and uh, San Jose was one of the stops. We went to San Jose. We stayed. Chris Brook found us some crazy hotel in L.A., which was uh, had a yoga mat in the room. I don't know what that was about. Oh, uh, down in Koreatown. I love that place. And that it was a great neighborhood. When you discovered the Regal Beagle. <laughs> I, I, I was at some events and uh, some dinner with some swells that Hustler was making fun of me about. And then I'm like, I wanted to go for a beer after. So I text Huss. I'm like, yo, Huss, uh, what, uh, where are you at? He goes, oh, Gary, come and meet me. I'm at this place. And he gives me some address. So I get in an Uber and I pull up and it's an apartment building. And, it, and then there's like this Captain Jack sign on the front of it. It was really, really shady. But I go in and. Sure enough, Hustler is at the end of the bar. There's all these people around him that are calling him Andrew, and 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 they're all chatting. And he's like, "Hi, hey Mary, let's have another one of those." Oh, hi Joe, hi Joe, you're back. <laughs> Great, you know, he's talking to all these people like he'd been there forever. And it was like seriously, everyone that was there, they were all artists, they were musicians, yeah. actors, down on their luck, you know. <laughs> Some agent who was trying My to people. get it, it was yes, your people exactly. <laughs> what does Neil Young say? See the winners in the uh, see the winners in the dives. See the losers in the good bars. Hustlers always with the winners in the dives. Anyways, uh, I don't know where I was going with this, but uh, yeah, eventually we got to we got to San Jose and we stayed at that Fairmont. So uh, the Golden Knights they had to leave the hotel. They had to all pack up. The one, the uh, the one story I can share with you. Every team has like a communications uh, software that 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 everyone who's in the travel party can check. You know what time the buses are at, what time when's when is breakfast, what time's the the you know the pregame meal, what time is the bus to to the game, uh, flight times, where you're staying, all that stuff. And so this note went out to the traveling party, telling them, "Okay, guys." We pack up your bags. This hotel is closing. We're not staying here tonight. And then the last line in up, uppercase letters was, this is not a joke. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they packed up. They went to the rink and uh, um, uh, team services executive, uh, Rick Bronstein, Bronco, he's excellent at his job. He got the team uh, uh, a great, another hotel that we stay at in uh, in San Jose, a beautiful hotel on Santana Row. So the guys they, they moved over there after the game, and uh, and then they went and they stuck it to the Sharks for two in a row as well. Yes, they did, and uh, man, pretty interesting matchup tonight. I mean, the Minnesota yeah. Wild have sort of an under the radar team so far this year. I think they've surprised some people. Um, this is this is going to be a pretty interesting matchup between two of the top teams in the division. 
Yeah, there's some cool things going on there. They're a big, heavy team. They do not have... Uh, Kaprizov may become like a special star, but right now he's, you know, he's, he's coming along. They don't have... Like Matt Dumba would probably be their highest end guy. Like they, they remind me of the 2017-2018 Golden Knights where they've got a bunch of, of B pluses and no A pluses on their roster. And Dean Evason uh, has them playing the right way. You know, he, he sat down Zach Parisi, healthy scratch um, last week because he didn't like the way he was going. Parisi has long had uh, the owner's year there in Minnesota. So this is... Uh, a guy, uh, Everson, a Manitoba guy, um, uh, you know, putting down his foot and saying, and I, and I love it when a coach does that because you're getting fired, okay? So you might as well do it. Pull your boots on, pull your sword out, get up on the deck and swing away because sooner or later, they're going to make you walk the plank. But in the interim, do it your way. And uh, I love that Dean Everson made that move. Hey, let me ask you just about the night season so far, because yeah. I mean, going back, I mean, we all remember the infamous Alan Walsh tweet, and there was, you know, a, a lot of speculation around the hockey world that, you know, due to the contracts and whatnot, they were trying to move Mark Andre Fleury after, you know, making a significant long-term commitment to Robin Lehner. Um, you know, it didn't happen, and I won't ask you to touch on that, but um, anyone that thought that Mark Andre Fleury's best days were behind him. And maybe should be paying attention to the season that he's having right now. Uh, you, it's hard to argue that he wouldn't be a front runner for the Team Canada goaltending position right now, based on the play of Canadian goalies this season. Uh, I'm doing an awards, uh, a midseason awards thing tonight on uh, Lawless and Order on our on the Golden Knights broadcast, and so I've been digging in. You know, Flurry is the hands down is the Vezina candidate right now. He's uh, his tops in the league uh, in save percentage. He's got four shutouts and 15 starts. Uh, he's uh, been tremendous. And early on, when before Leonard got hurt, they were rotating them, you know, 50-50, and it was keeping Flurry fresh. Now, he started 10 in a row, and then they gave him three days off last week. They started Oscar Dansk on Friday night, and uh, that was a Steve Miller win. Go on, take the money, and run. Like they, you know, they, the fact that they got the two points with Dansk in net, lovely. Take the money, take the points, get it. You know, and then they played Flurry the next night, and he shut the Sharks out. He'll play tonight. I'm, I'm imagining. I, my guess is he plays both games in Minnesota, and then they'll have to split the starts. They've got a back-to-back in St. Louis this weekend, and I'm not sure that former Brandon Wheat King Logan Thompson won't get the start, his first NHL start in one of those games. He's the best goalie in the American League right now. Right now, Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Henderson Silver Knights both lead their leagues in points percentage. And uh, for me, Vegas is, uh, you know, there's a handful of teams that, you know, Toronto is obviously, you know, very good in their division. Uh, the two teams in Florida, very good in their division. And I think Vegas, that those are the four best teams in the NHL for me right now. Mark Stone is playing maybe the best hockey of his career. Uh, you, you have to talk about him for the Selkie. Listen to this stat, Hustler. In four-on-five play, when he's on the ice killing penalties, the Vegas Golden Knights have, for in the 26 minutes of four-on-five play, Murat is listening to this, just licking this up. This is this is, uh, this is is from the Mark Shifley uh 
um, uh, Bible of hogwash in four <laughs> on five play, 26 minutes, no goals against Vegas, only four shots against most teams in five on four play over 26 minutes would average 13 shots or more. Vegas has only allowed four and they've generated seven. He's got a plus three shot differential in four on five play. <laughs> Think about that. That is uh, well, and you know what? And we've just got a couple minutes before we get that's, Murad in here, but I would be remiss. That, that was perfect. Believe me, that'll be at the top of the list. Um, it was a perfect segue because as Winnipeg sports talk, I wanted to make sure we kind of touched on all the Manitobans in the organization right now. We've seen Cody Glassack, White Cloud. I mean, just give us a quick little update on uh, all the guys from around here that are making an impact with the Knights and uh, in the organization. Well, let's start at the top. Kelly McCrimmon has, he's the general manager. And uh, um, if you don't remember when he was the owner, general manager and coach of the Brandon Wheat Kings, they were seemingly in the uh, Western Hockey League Eastern Conference final every year. His longtime coach there, Bobby Lowe's, is the director of uh, of amateur scouting here. And uh, obviously, Vegas. Look at the look at all those young defensemen. Uh, they've traded away Suzuki and Brandstrom, and they're still loaded with great young players. That's due to to Bobby Lowe's. Von Karpin is the who you know from from Flin Flon is our director of pro scouting. Look at the deals we've made. The team went and got Pacioretty, got Leonard, signed Stone, signed Petrangelo. All of that is done, but, you know, Von Karpin plays a huge role in that. What's that? What are you doing? Throwing out all that cash. Well, there's a salary cap in the NHL. We're not spending yeah. any more than anyone else. You know? <laughs> no, for sure. We're not cheating. <laughs> we're, we're spending what, 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 our, what the owner says, go ahead and do so. Uh, um, it's not like we're the evil empire hustler. You're what about really, the young you know, guys? What about the this, young guys? Is this the ugly side of Andrew Patterson that's going <laughs> to come through on this program that you're always going to be kind of undermining people? And what, what's with those glasses? I know I did it on Twitter, but now Murat is Murat actually on or is he in the green room right now? Yeah, that's, that would be the green room, Gary. That would yeah, be the green room he, as we pull the, he pull the his pull hair, cover back. He, Yo, he looks great. Hair. Since the rehearsal this morning, and uh, oh, and he's he's one of these cool guys. He's got his guitar in the backdrop. I like that. He's letting everyone know I am not just not just a one trick pony, not just a hockey guy. Oh. I like music too. Renaissance Excellent. man, if you will. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, hey, quickly, glasses, Cody Glass coming along very well. Stone for my money, uh, one of the best players in the NHL, and Zach Whitecloud. Like that, that White Cloud and Hag, they've been the third pairing for Vegas, and so like some nights they roll out Petrangelo. Petrangelo usually plays with McNabb when McNabb's healthy, and then you've got a combination of Martinez and Theodore. Like that's a great top four, and then this really young Hag's got a bomb. They call it the call it the Hager bomb. I know you'd like that hustler. You've uh, drained a few of those in your time. Uh, yeah, bad, so real, really good-looking uh, group and all, all these Manitobans. I forgot the most important Manitoba in, in the entire organization, and that is color analyst on AT&T Sportsnet, Gerard Butler look-alike <laughs> in 90. <laughs> man, uh, listen, man, uh, now that we're doing this... Um, 
the way Darren Millar too. Darren is and Darren is now in the in the excellent tradition of lawless and order hosts. The great the the incomparable Dennis Bayak, who got me my start uh, in uh, in lawless and order. Then it was Dave Gosher, and now it's Darren Millard. And uh, Millard is uh, makes fun of me every night, hustler. Every night he's like uh, he, he he makes fun of my zoom abilities, makes fun of the fact that the that the spring on the chair that I sit in well, on Gary he's got a lot to work with he's got a lot to work with and uh, I will say this I, you know some people think that you guys have serious beef and we all remember the infamous um, joust you guys had in the uh, was it in a ball pitch or something like that I mean you almost killed him so. Um, You know, I I can understand why people would think that. Anyways, pal, listen, we will do this again very soon. Thank you for everything. This was uh, totally the way I wanted to start this thing off, uh, wrapping with you. Good luck to the Knights tonight. And um, we will uh, we'll definitely be speaking and having you back real soon. This was a heck of a lot of fun. Rip the lid off it, Huss. I hope this is awesome. And you know what? This summer when I'm back at the cottage, I am coming into studio. And actually, you know what? I'm not coming to studio. I'm going to Murat's. Uh, River Heights pad, Crescentwood, wherever he is right now, and I'm doing uh, I'm doing a one on I'm doing a hit with Murat from the guitar room. There'll be patchouli <laughs> in the background. He'll be baking cookies. Yeah, okay, perfect. Good stuff. Excellent, Let's dude. Uh, that's the way you started off. Winnipeg Sports Talk with my old pal Gary Lawless joining us here live on YouTube. And uh, for those of you checking the podcast a little bit later on, great to have you all with us now. Before we get to Murata Tesh, uh, do want to uh, give a big thanks to our friends at Not Auto Corp, Trevor Not in particular. Um, first sponsor on, we met last week and he was like, I am in, I want to support you guys. And Trev's been there all the way. Of course, Not Auto Corp's at Waverly and McGilvery. Why not get into the vehicle of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? And if you're looking to move from maybe to a new vehicle, uh, maybe you're in a lease. They've got an amazing, very successful consignment program, so they can help you out with all of that. Pop down and see Trev and the gang there. Tell them that uh, Huss and Reem from Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you, and you can see them online at not.ca. And I, I also want to thank the uh, the Nick and Nikki DQ group, and that's uh, Nick Hajdiakow and his wife, Nikki, who uh, are growing a little bit of an ice cream and burger empire in Winnipeg. Um, Nick's been a huge supporter of TSN 1290 in the past and um, was really excited to come on with us, and we are so happy to have them. Uh, the DQs that are part of their group that we'd love for you to support, uh, the DQ Northgate, Dairy Queen Polo Park, the DQ out in Niverville, and interesting that they've also now taken over the DQ on St. Anne's. I always thought that was an ice cream only DQ. It is not. Uh, burgers are going, by the way, Ultimate Grill Burger, probably the most underrated burger in the fast food game. Uh, but it's all available there. And we will have maybe tomorrow uh, with some of the social media that we're doing, we will fire up and uh, give out uh, a few, maybe Winnipeg Sports Talk, Dairy Queen Cakes, maybe a Jets Cake. We'll have a few. I'm really looking forward to um, thank some of you all that are supporting us the way they are. While we're pushing 500 live act people in the YouTube chat right now, seeing all the uh, we're seeing all the comments. Thank you so much. It is um it's just amazing to have everyone uh, starting off like this. So we're gonna get to Marat in just a couple minutes. Uh, of course, the Jets losing seven one on Saturday night to the Montreal Canadiens, and you know it is a game that. 
I mean, you know, going in, you're playing four and six against the Montreal Canadiens. If you told me beforehand the team would be three and one, you'd take that all day, every day. Seems a little more disappointing when you get the first three. But I think that in a lot of ways it was um, maybe bound to happen. And what will be interesting, as we heard from Paul Maurice in an epic post-game session after the 7-1 loss, the most important thing is that next game. And that next game, three of them are against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, to talk all things Jets, let's welcome in the one and only, the venerable Murata Tesh of The Athletic, who is there in the loft with the patchouli, the guitar in the background, and looking wonderful as always. Uh, Murat, it's been too long since we had this chat. Thanks so much for joining us on day number one of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. How are you? I'm doing so well. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad that you thought to include me on this. I'm so glad that Lawless was there to throw a little smack talk around. I did comb my hair because he recommended it. Um, and I just like I, I love talking hockey with you, Huss. It's been one of the best conversations since day one on the ride. And like whatever you do with this, I'm all in on it throughout as far as it goes. So I'm so friggin' pumped to be here right now. Well, listen, that it, it, it means a lot. And uh, to you and, and, you know, I thanked a lot of people at the beginning, um, you know, yourself, um, the likes of, you know, Ken and Mike and Jeff Hamilton, uh, Ted Wyman. I mean, so many people within the media have been so incredibly supportive on this. So, um, you know, it's going to be great to get these conversations going again. Um, and man, we've got a lot to, a lot to talk about right now with the jets going into this week. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on the game on Saturday night, because, you know, as you heard from Wheeler and the coach afterwards, you really, you might need to flush twice, but you need to flush it down and move on from what happened on Saturday night. And it leads us into, you know, in a lot of ways, Murat, I mean, a real, measuring week, I think, for the Winnipeg Jets. We saw the Oilers real hot go in and fail miserably in three in a row against the Edmonton Oilers last week. Um, Just first off, thoughts on what we saw on Saturday night and um, what you think that might do to the club going into game one of three in Toronto? Well, I think Winnipeg started reasonably well. I mean, the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of, of that game looked okay to me. The neutral zone defense was tight. I liked the Winnipeg Jets defense gap in a way I hadn't for a little while. Uh, they were willing to pinch. And then a couple of bad bounces, those first two goals, I don't think I really would w- make anyone wear them necessarily. They didn't go right for Winnipeg. And then that's when things really started to fall off. I think that there was a point in that game where coverage was just abandoned um, where at some point the Justice realized this game was not coming back. And you saw, I mean, there are too many names to pick. Everybody in that game was a minus by the end of it, right? Uh, so for me, uh, I, I would have looked forward to some lineup changes heading into Toronto because I do think that's a measuring stick series for, for Winnipeg. Toronto's the clear class of the North Division, and you want to be ready for that. We're not getting lineup changes. You still have... Uh, the same defense pairs. You still have the same uh, forward groups as well. So we're kind of coming into this moment for the Winnipeg Jets where they have the Goliath of the division so far. And Toronto's not perfect. No team in Canada is. And they're coming off of a, a game that should really piss them off. And so here we have it. I think this is the most important week to date of the Winnipeg Jets season. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And you know, you know, I'm watching the game on on Saturday, and you you see it go from bad to worse in the second period. And at that point, you know, it's four zip, it's five zip. You're sort of realizing it's already on to the next game. 
in a way, and you know, give the guests credit where it's due. They've been fantastic coming off of tough losses. Um, they do not have two consecutive regulation losses so far this season. They'll look to continue that streak against Toronto. And, you know, despite, like, you could look at over the course of the last couple of weeks, and I know Billick hit uh, Maurice with this after the game. He didn't really want to go there because, again, a win's a win, and they had won six of seven going in. Um, but, I mean, there had been different levels of quality of the victories. But, again, Murat, they all count. I guess my point is that the Jets have been a good team for quite a bit of this season. I think they know this opportunity. The one game they played against Toronto this season was one of their worst um, you know, they get the day off. They have a day of practice. Um, I think if you're a Jets fan, you're not only excited about this game tomorrow, but I think that, you know, if there's a small silver lining from getting embarrassed on Hockey Night in Canada, 7-1 to the Habs, is I think it puts a team in a very ornery mood looking to get back to doing what they do best. And that is exactly what they're going to need to do if they expect to win game number one tomorrow night in, uh, in Toronto. Oh, absolutely. I, I think... To point back at that first game is important to do because I think Toronto is the favorite in this division. I know that will upset folks across Winnipeg, but I, I think we've seen that in the standings and performance-wise. But when you start to when you look back at that game and realize Line A wasn't there, that was pre-Pierre-Luc Dubois, Roslovic wasn't there, um, you, you start to sort of wonder, how do the Jets measure up? And when Winnipeg plays against a team like Edmonton, I think the, the matchups are easy from a decision-making point of view anyway. You have McDavid, you have Dreisaitl, and then depth that you know, or at least you believe that Winnipeg's depth can roll against bottom sixes around the league. But when you start looking at Toronto's lineup, it's a little bit deeper. There's more punch throughout a top nine, throughout even all four lines have contributed for the Maple Leafs so far. So then for me, what I do, Huss, is I look... And I see that advantageous trade. You have Pierre-Luc Dubois making an impact now. And I, I don't think he has that chemistry with Ehlers and Connor that um, he will get to yet. I, I don't think that they're there yet, but they're getting there. Kopp and Lowry haven't quite dominated yet, but they're still good players. Lowry has been resurgent. And so for me, it's measuring, okay, Winnipeg has this attempt at a top nine, a really deep, deep top nine. Can they... Can they hack it against the elites like the Toronto Maple Leafs who go as deep as they do? You know what? Um, I, I want to. You, you mentioned Paul Stastny, and and again, like I, I'm not taking anything from the Saturday game. Everybody stunk. It started bad. It got worse. I mean, let's just sort of couch that game for a moment. Going into that game, we've seen Paul Stastny in so many different spots in the lineup this year, playing at center, playing on the wing, playing, you know, coach Maurice said, you know, everybody wants to play with him, but you had said something last week. And I, I made a point of noting, cause I wanted to bring it up on the effect that Paul Stastny has on the team overall. And, you know, you wonder with that sort of quiet leadership showing it on the ice, seemingly gelling with everybody in that room, um, you do wonder if things might have been different coming out of that 17-18 season if that calming influence of a veteran like Paul Stastny was here with the Winnipeg Jets, considering so many of the things we saw and many things we didn't see, but we saw how it kind of manifested itself in the club that went through a pretty rough spot and had some real challenges when it came to uh, you know bringing that team together. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the what-ifs of that are so huge. And I was thinking about it because... I mean, Paul Stastny, 
some of his point totals fell off last year in Vegas. Even though he was generating chances, he was on a great line. So when Winnipeg acquired him, you wonder what kind of player is he getting or are the Winnipeg Jets getting back? And he's been impactful, right? We've seen um, that line of cops, Dastin Ehlers, early on in the season was carrying Winnipeg quite a bit. Wherever you put him, he seems to work. From the press box vantage point that you see him on the bench, he's talking to the youth, he's talking to Pierre-Luc Dubois, and he just he's one of those people that gets it. You can hear from that very first press conference where he's sort of insulating Patrick Laine and saying, hey, I understand you know, the best want to play against the best, all of this sort of stuff. He knows what to say, how to say it, deflates the pressure from the situation, such a level human being. And in addition to playing as well as he does, I think he's a perfect fit in that leadership group where you might get a Blake Wheeler wound up a little bit tighter than Paul Stastny is. Uh, but to go back to your point, Huss, I mean, I think we all thought this. I continue to believe that that Yoel Armia, Steve Mason, cap dump trade to the Montreal Canadiens that summer was made with the intention to run at Paul Stastny. And Vegas got him. Sure, it worked out that way two years over in Vegas and then the, the, this trade for this third year of his contract. I think Winnipeg was all over that. I think Winnipeg wanted Paul Stastny to be a fit and to continue to be a fit like he'd been in those playoffs. And then you look at the asset bleed. The asset bleed at the next trade deadline, Kevin Hayes, um, I, Cody Eakin isn't meant to go into that top six sort of lineup at, at the 2020 deadline. But Winnipeg has continued to throw first round picks and prospects at this opportunity that Paul Stastny would, in fact, have represented. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think that he could have helped quite a big way in 2019 and 2020. Yeah, I mean, like, there's both the on-the-ice part and the off-the-ice part. I mean, it's not to go back to, you know, what happened two seasons ago. But, you know, you just, we're seeing right now what an incredible effect that he has on a lot of aspects of the team. And, you know, I mean, you're talking to the coach every day on these Zoom calls um, it's been very evident as of late that, you know, Paul Stastny is having a major impact right now. And I, you know, I, I don't know how uh, there had been some talk that, you know, maybe Paul Stastny is the guy that now that Dubois is in town, um, that, you know, could potentially be a trade piece looking to get the, uh, you know, a defender in. Um, I can't really imagine the Jets really considering moving Paul Stastny and not having him not only be on the team, but be a key part of that top six. Very likely, I mean, assuming that Dubois stays with Connor and Ehlers, playing some pretty big minutes with Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler, two guys that I think really like having him on that line. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. He's too important to the success right now. He's part of Winnipeg having an overpowered forwards group. And asset-wise, as a pending unrestricted free agent with an expensive contract, is Winnipeg going to get you know, that top pairing defenseman that has that same impact as Paul Stastny up front in exchange for him? I don't think so. I don't think you can win that trade on the ice in, in any way, shape, or form. And then you get into the human element as well to have him come in, play as well as he did or has done, um, gel as well as he has done, and then get rid of him. I just, I can't make sense of, of that as a transaction. Instead, for me, it's about using Paul Stastny to turn this top six, this top nine into a into what I continue to think is overpowered. If you put him on that line with Shifley and Wheeler, they should be able to run and successfully against anybody. If he's the second line center, they should continue to be able to run successfully against anybody. And if Winnipeg ever completely moves away from that Kopp and Lowry checking line idea, and Paul Stastny is your third line center, you know it's it's something that other teams should not be able to handle unless they're you know they're built deeply from head to toe. And I don't think anybody in Canada is. Let, let, well, speaking of that and the center position of the Winnipeg Jets, 
let me ask you what what percentage would you let's assume that the Jets stay where they are and they they qualify for the playoffs not necessarily where but they a playoff team when the puck drops on a playoff series against whoever what do you think the chances are that the centers that are being run out are Shifley Dubois Stastny and Lowry one to four I think it's less than 50 50 I really do especially because likely your first round matchup isn't Toronto so you're looking at teams like Vancouver like Edmonton who have those really elite top two lines you know maybe you've got a Pedersen and McDavid and then when you get to lines three and four it drops off and I think I harped on that a little bit earlier so I won't go back to that well too much but I think that that gives you an opportunity to run Shifley's line power versus power Lowry's line checking hard matches and then you have a second line so to speak that has uh, has talent has two-way ability whether it's you know Connor Ehlers and and Dubois like Winnipeg has right now or some other variation of it I feel like in that first round Winnipeg should be able to make hay simply by exposing that lineup to to matchups that should be favorable for the Jets. Murata Tesh is with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, our first ever show, of course, Murat, uh, covering the Winnipeg Jets for The Athletic. Um, and Murat, you've got a really interesting piece uh, right now talking about a number of Jets issues, but I think something that we'll certainly be talking about, and I think many Jets fans will be talking about as we get closer to the deadline, you know, with the where the, with the place that the Jets have put themselves in, and I guess, you know, maybe see how this week goes. Um, there's a lot of thought that, you know, you add a key person, key piece on the blue line, and you might significantly increase the Winnipeg Jets' chances of of making a real uh, dent come uh, come playoff time. Um, you know, you've got a number of individuals listed. Uh, no surprise that number one on the list is Matthias Ekholm. Um, in your opinion, how big of an addition would Ekholm be to the Jet blue line and and what what is worth giving up to get him out of Nashville, considering he's got a manageable contract and does have one more year of term left after this season? Yeah, I mean, Ekholm for me is is the guy on the market. I have a lot of time for David Savard as well, I should say. But Ekholm can play it any way you want. He's big. He's tough. He can keep a clean defensive zone. He's been able to push offense. He's, for a decade, been a huge part of Nashville's ascent and now they're on the way down, and he is on the outside looking in, probably, of their expansion draft situation. Um, I think he's probably a more impactful player for Winnipeg, especially because Winnipeg's defense isn't that particularly deep right now. Then I'm going to say Jake Muzzin, when he moved to Toronto with a year plus on his deal uh, a couple seasons back. I think that that is the, is the template for a move like this. So whether it's a second and a meaningful prospect, whether it's a first and a, and a prospect as well, it's going to have to be futures-driven which is kind of good news for the Winnipeg Jets, to tell you the truth, because they've already traded all of their on-roster pieces that you might reasonably get a good player for. So whether they go back to the well of trading draft picks or whether you use some of Winnipeg's multiple, not elite, but still capable defensive prospects as a, you know, Declan Chisholm, Liam Gavanka, Johnny Kovacevic, there's a lot of players within Winnipeg's system, so many that... Um, that some are playing overseas now. It was tough to get everybody playing time early on in the season. So I think that's a template for a deal. But the one thing I want to circle back on, because I think that Ekholm immediately gives Winnipeg a viable top four, even if he has to play on his offside, which he's done a tiny bit. You've got the idea that Morrissey, Ekholm, Pionk, and Forbert are, are there. And that's such a more solid lineup than the revolving door of partners that Morrissey's had to deal with because of injuries and otherwise. Um, and you really want to stabilize that pair. 
The one issue, I don't know what you think about the expansion draft, because you got to give up assets to acquire Matias Ekholm, and then you have to give up assets to perhaps protect Dylan DeMello, uh, because you don't want to give him away for nothing in the expansion draft. It adds a fourth defenseman, and it makes the acquisition cost a little bit more expensive, which is, for me, why Winnipeg needs a sign, and it needs that sign this week against Toronto, that they can hang with the big boys of the Western, or the North Division, pardon me, old habits, (laughs) <laughs> then such, as soon as you know that about your team, I think you go big and you go for an at-home, you go for a Savard, and you do it now because of that two-week quarantine. Well. well, you know what, you make a great point, and, you know, there will be a lot of talk about, you know, what these three games mean for the Winnipeg Jets and the measuring stick that is the Toronto Maple Leafs in this division. Um, I, I think you nail it. I think the sort of information they get out of this week will be, um, you know, significant on Kevin Sheveldayoff when it comes to, you know, identifying. I mean, this is the team you're going up against. I mean, the Jets have had success against most of the other teams at times. They haven't really they've only had the one game against Toronto. So you'll find out a lot about this club um, as well as, you know, what might be potential and how aggressive they might need to be. Uh, we haven't talked about Billy Hanel and Dylan Sandberg a lot. They haven't been with the club. They're playing with the Moose who are back starting a 17 game homestand tonight here in Winnipeg. Um, they'll be here in the city. They're good. And I totally get why they're there right now. Um, you know, you want those players to be playing 20, 25 minutes a night, you know, really getting comfortable with that pro game. But I will ask you this, um, you know, if things get down sort of towards the end of the season and the jets are in the play, I, you know, know they're going to be a playoff team. Do you think we see either of those players before the end of the season, albeit not burning a year of the contract and then potentially being part of the Winnipeg Jet lineup come postseason. You know what? I'd be curious. I'd love to see it. I think Ville Hanel is, is just a terribly underrated prospect. Uh, I think he thinks the game similarly to Mark Shifley from a passing perspective, only in that he can hesitate and open up plays that other people don't see. I think Cole Perfetti actually is another player in that family of passers where their patience and their brain opens up lanes. And uh, for the Winnipeg Jets, who've struggled to move the puck out of their own zone at times, Hanela in particular, that's his gift. And um, I would like to see it. At the same time, um, knowing what we know about Winnipeg Jets' tendencies to this point, knowing that they've played veterans in the past and they've opened the season with the veteran-laden lineup. Hanela's one game wasn't enough to get him a second or a third. Uh, I think that it's going to be a case of Winnipeg going to battle with the veterans that they have. And yes, there is a cavalry of sorts. Hanel and Sandberg are going to be very good. I, I see both of them in top four roles in the future. And I think that that's part of this season's almost a little bit of a bridge, a little bit of a stopgap between the current Jets veterans and at least one of them having an impact next year. So for me, it's something I want to see, but I think that for the Jets to make hay out of that, we would have already need to see, need to have seen a few more games from Hanela because with the minutes that they have, I don't think they've dominated at the AHL level yet. It's been a really awkward rhythm to to not play for as much as they did of, of January, in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I just think that, you know, often we sort of speak and we think about what is happening right here at the present. And I think it's important to note that these young men are going to have a lot of opportunity to play um, and to maybe barge into the conversation. And, you know, I understand length of service and, you know, grabbing that extra year is significant, you know, if you're an NHL general manager when it comes to asset management. Um, but we've certainly seen a lot of young players kind of come in and, you know, without a ton of NHL experience getting into, you know, playoff-style hockey and, and flourishing. And I know that would be uh, interesting. And the other thing, Murat, 
and there's been a lot of talk about all these players, there's nowhere for them to play. It's important to note, and I mean, touch wood for the Winnipeg Jets, for the most part, they've been relatively injury-free, um, and that has made things a little more crowded. I think they'd love to have those quote-unquote problems all season long, but it's not necessarily realistic. And some of these younger players are going to get an opportunity, and um, it really it will be what they make of it. Because right now, nothing is guaranteed. I think it is guaranteed, though, we'll see a lot of these individuals in Jets jerseys. If it's not by the end of the year, definitely in the seasons to come. Yeah, a good point on you, uh, by you on the on the health front, for sure. I, I think part of Paul Maurice, when he said, I don't want young guys on the taxi squad, just not playing kind of deal at the beginning of, of camp this year, was I think he probably anticipated Winnipeg was going to have the same run of injuries that we've watched for, for the last couple of seasons as well. We haven't had it. They sort of were made to wait there. Then the moose got underway. And I'm with you, like you said, big minutes for those guys will be will be a good sign. I think that's what you want for those guys. Hey, back to uh, the list of defensemen. You know, Ekholm is the target. He would be the guy. How much of a drop-off is there to David Savard, who's at number two? And um, maybe for the people that haven't read it yet so far, but just uh, is there another guy at maybe a more reasonable price that you think might be um, be a fit if the Ekholm deal can't come to fruition or the demand is just too high? Yeah, it's interesting. Where, where Ekholm is sort of seen as a top-pairing equivalent guy, he could be slot right in behind Josh Morrissey next year on the left side if need be. And that sort of settles the left side, depending on what Derek Forbert's future is. All of a sudden, he's a player of note. David Savard, I think, is the instant impact best fit, if not the best player right now as well, because he's such a big, rugged, um, he is able to control shot quality against. A lot of the times, actually, has this is something that we that I see a lot as somebody who likes data a little bit is these these big tough defensemen bleed shots against they bleed chances against and yes they show up for that shot block yes they make the big hit but you look at the shot heat map at the end of the day and whenever they're on the ice it's a whole bunch of shots from that center slot those high like prime real estate danger areas or whatever you want to call them right with David Savard, he has a disproportionate impact more so on protecting the middle of the ice than he does even on shot quantity. He's the guy, kind of guy that wins those battles in front, that knocks people on their butt, that makes the uh, the appropriate like box out and, and wins those battles as well. So I don't think he has the top-end talent that Ekholm does, but I do think he would be a really solid fit for Josh Morrissey on that top pairing. All right, we've got Murata Tesh of The Athletic with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I'm Andrew Patterson. We'll get Remo back in here in a couple minutes. We've got to get to Cool Bet Lines and uh, look at what's happening today and a bit of an update uh, at the Briar after the first weekend. But Murat, before we go, um, you have sort of become the go-to guy for a lot of, you know, analytic-based writing. And, you know, it's always been, you know, not an entire focus, but something that you have talked about and done a great job, I think, at educating a lot of fans. Um, what was up with the analytics conversations last week where did all this come what did you make of the shifley hogwash comment i will say for the record i don't believe it for a second i don't really know how did what happened and how how did you take what we heard from the jets and particularly mark shifley who is we've always been told the biggest hockey nerd is all i still have a hard time wrapping my head around that he's not all in on that stuff wanting every single bit of information that might help him be better well i mean from mark shifley's perspective he is so good at hockey and has such a hockey sense that I'm willing to believe 
that he trusts his hockey sense in his eyes and all those little details. I've heard Andrew Kopp describe about Shifley that he knows exactly where the pressure is on his back. He knows if the contact's going to come on his shoulder, on his hip. But like, there's there's specifics well beyond where everybody is, well beyond where where um, how tight everybody's gap is, what handedness everybody is on. He'll Shifley keeps track of you know how tired the other people are. All the different pressure. There are things that he thinks that I don't think that you know you and I will ever necessarily grasp. And I, I wish I had a, a conduit to the inside of his brain to understand that stuff. I really no do. doubt. Um, but at the same time, for me, I don't need a player to care about analytics. I really don't. For them to to be important, um, you know, I think players have coaches. They have skills coaches. They talk about strategies and positioning. They execute routes. They make plays. They trust their instincts. And I think coaches and management have evaluation tools like their eyes, like their hockey sense, but also like data points that often, you know, match what some of these really great eyes are telling you. So the question to Shifley, I believe, was simply, what do you think about analytics? You need to go back and make sure I've got that quote right. But it was kind of an open-ended tee off on analytics if you want. And, and he decided to tee off in a way that he <laughs> called them hogwash, which is a fun word at the at the at any time. Um, <laughs> But I've talked with Winnipeg Jets, I'll tell you this, Hus. I've talked with Winnipeg Jets kind of off the record who know everything, who know how to break apart war, who know what different factors go into individual expected goals. Nobody's saying this publicly. If you polled them publicly, I think, you know, 18 or 19 or 20 of them, out of them would say, no, I'm not into it. But you can have those conversations. They know. They know the truth. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I I agreed. It was just, it, it was funny. I mean, it, and it got a lot of people talking, but it was, um, it was just somewhat strange. And for the record, Mark Shifley saying something is hogwash. That is essentially a normal person saying an f bomb right now. I mean, that's about <laughs> that's about as as edgy or hard as Shife is going to get verbally uh, to uh, to do that. Listen, Murat. Always love chopping it up with you, my friend. Uh, this has been a heck of a lot of fun having Gary on and uh, getting into some in-depth Jets talk. Uh, we're seeing some uh, so many comments in the chat right now. People appreciating you coming on, and uh, I definitely appreciate this. I cannot wait to do it again, and I'm really happy you were part of day one here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. So proud. So happy for you. So I, I'm out of words, man. Just so happy to be here. Thank you so much, us. Right on. Let's do this again soon. There he is, the great Marat Atesh of The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at MaratWPG. And if you haven't already picked up your Athletics um, subscription, uh, what are you waiting for? Um, if you're a sports fan, I mean, the amount of content coming out of that site is uh, is absolutely, uh, it's elite. Um, speaking of elite, our friends at Royal Sports, um, the OGs. Supporters of um, you know our sports shows, uh, dating all the way back to my start in the game, the NFL Sunday Ticket Show, um, Royal Sports, seven fifty Pemina Highway, six fifty Rally and EK, uh, the Hasbeaks. They've been with us um, all this time, and of course, right now they're getting back to it um, with the uh, the hockey's back. You know, stores are open as well. Social distancing, of course, still part of it. Um, but, you know, if you're getting back on the ice, there's no better spot in the town. Uh, the number one hockey superstore is Royal Sports. And you know, I'm looking outside right now. We got the sun shining. It is sunny. It's getting a little warmer. Spring. I don't say it's officially here, but it's just around the corner. And uh, with that, we will get back on the ice. But bikes, soccer, baseball, Royals got it all for you. Pop down, support them. They're great supporters of us. 
And Boston Pizza Winnipeg, uh, I I will say this, I've really missed doing the pregame shows and the postgame shows at Boston Pizza over the, uh, well, during the pandemic. Um, now, of course, Kelly and the gang at OB are doing a great job, but no one is out in the public right now. But I did pop by a BP last week. I'd missed the sports bar. I'd missed wings and popped in. And, uh, man, we had a great time doing it. And speaking of BP, uh, there are friends over at Molson. Um, dropped off some Coors Light, but as well as the the Vizzy right there. It's the, uh, the Vizzy Hard Seltzer. So um, I'm going to have to get some of these over to Remus. We've got the blueberry pomegranate and uh, the pineapple mango. Um, so this is the new Molson seltzer, and it'll be available at BP's as well. And for when the show's done, we'll be scarfing a big, uh, you can't really see it too well, but um, it's a Boston pizza. Spicy, meatier, and maybe a pierogi pizza as well. Um, thanks again to all of them. Cool Bad, another great sponsor of ours, but we will get to that when we get to the daily lines in a minute. Uh, but now that we've finished up with Gary and Murat, let's get uh, Remo back in here on the program. What a great way to start it off, Reem. Uh, you know, you've been doing a great job kind of getting us in and out. Uh, everything seems to have worked so far. We got some great stuff with Gary and some great stuff with Murat. And uh, I can't believe we've gone this far without any sort of major disaster. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, just thanks again. We've been pushing 500 people pretty much for the entire show in watching on YouTube live. Thank you for all the comments, all the likes there. And, you know, for people that are listening after work on their ride home or in the evening on the podcast, um, Reem, I guess the best way to sort of help us out when it comes to the podcast, I know I'm an Apple podcast guy. If you go to the bottom, you can do the rating, the five-star rating. And um, I guess apparently if you make a comment, um, it is also somewhat helpful to us. And um, we're going to try and uh, get some prizes from our sponsors to help people do that. Uh, but we really do appreciate the old, uh, what do they say in, in the game? Rate and review, rate and review. Oh, uh, th- there's some people that can't hear you, by the way. Um, believe I mean, me, I, he, Remus was dummy. firing I, some great, great oh takes. Uh, I hope now. Well, yeah, you basically say. I guess they were seeing, you know, all of the your, your great delivery of the new being a new YouTube bro in there, and yet it was all just a visual. Oh, it was all auto. It was, it was going to happen. I had this great I rant that I was muted for because I didn't want to interrupt uh, the great guest. Forgot to unmute <laughs> myself. Everyone in chat is yelling at me in capitals. Uh, this is awkward. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was going so well until now. Everything was going so well. It was important. It was what what you were saying though was important. Um, the uh, the rates, the reviews, um, obviously sharing the content as well, um, all helps. But especially on those podcast feeds, we got to try and take another run at the spitting chicklets guys who bounced us from number one in Canada to number two heading into today. Yeah, I, I'm so blown away. Uh, you know, seeing us rise the the podcast ratings. I know that. Uh, Spotify seems to be the most popular than Apple and Google. So again, winnipegsportsdoc.com has all of the links on the front page. If you go on any of our social medias, the link in the bio will have all of them. So uh, as I said before, while on mute, uh, if you're on, spot- on Apple, <laughs> uh, leave a comment, rate a review. If you're on YouTube, you know, hit like on all the videos, Facebook as well. Uh, trying to get that up, and we hopefully will have swipe up capability on Instagram. I was trying to say that, but I was on I was on mute, and now uh, now we're working. I want to. You know, I've always wanted to be a swipe up guy on social media to have a reason to tell people to swipe up, swipe up. Um, 
And again, you know, I was thinking maybe I'd start an OnlyFans, this, but I figured this is a much better way to get yeah. people to swipe up. We, we don't need to quite go to the uh, OnlyFans uh, as of uh, as of yet. Hey, you know, we had a great stuff with Murat talking about you know everything going on with the Winnipeg Jets. Let me ask you, um, going into this these three games against the Toronto Maple Leafs, kind of describe this as a real kind of measuring stick, a real litmus test for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, you'd have to imagine that they'll be in an ornery mood considering the way things went on uh, Saturday night. What are you expecting from the team going into game one tomorrow night to begin this three-game series against the uh, first-place team in the division? Yeah, I think they're going to be uh, fired up. You know, they had the big loss. I'm not putting too much stock into that. Look, they played the way they played the last couple weeks. I do think there is some reason for concern. They're giving up a lot of shots, but we know they have elite goaltending and elite finishing. So if there's any team that can play and continuously or continue to win the way they're playing, uh, it would be this this team. But uh, they're going to have to be a bit stronger defensively. Uh, I don't again. I don't think you can put too much into that big loss to Montreal. They had played them tight for a bunch of games, but uh, it's something to watch. You know, just how they're training. I mean, the games against Montreal, what like every game went to overtime, and some of them, you know, they got outplayed but managed to take it to OT and get a win when they have their newfound strategy that's taking over the league with the, with the three forwards. So I am curious how they're going to play Toronto. They haven't played them since the start of the year. Uh, it is going to be, as you said, a measuring stick. I think Toronto is is clearly the top team in the North. I don't think, you know, there is a lot of uh, you know other top competition in the North. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And I'm looking forward to a game one tomorrow. <laughs> oh man, we're getting some funny chats here, Kevin Hustler on OnlyFans. Now I can't get that visual out of my mind. It's just a foot fetish site, guys. Don't worry, it's about anything else. Um, Gregory Liverpool. The in the OG caller number one from our first show ever on OB when we can actually do calls has chimed in. He got the shout out from Gary earlier, and he very appropriately um, is calling me out. Do not jinx yourself on your first show. I immediately said how great yeah. <laughs> everything was going, how smooth it was running, and almost immediately, I, I, that's the radio version or internet version of saying shut out. Yeah. Two seconds before a puck goes in in your own net. Uh, then, of course, we had the uh, the vol- volume yeah, incident. I, I muted myself so I wouldn't come out during uh, during the interview because you can hear me like typing on social media and stuff. But, uh, oh, well, I'll just edit that part out uh, of the podcast. That's fine. It's all good. It's all good. You know, quickly in the North Division, we saw the Battle of Alberta on Saturday night. And the Edmonton Oilers, man, did they need a win. Both of those teams really did. I mean, Calgary was coming off putting up seven on the Ottawa Senators, but they'd also lost 6-1 and 5-1 to them in the last week. And that ended up getting Jeff Ward, uh, you know, getting costing Jeff Ward his job. But Sutter is back. Um, I can't imagine what the first day at work for the Calgary Flames are under Daryl Sutter after he watched them lose to Edmonton and then lose last night again to the Ottawa Senators in OT. To me, the Calgary Flames situation is just fascinating. Their top players have not been getting it done. They've been maddeningly inconsistent. And Brad Treleving has called up the uh, the old sheriff to come back and you know, get guys going again. That This will be very interesting to see how things go. And especially, you know, what's the effect on Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monaghan, Matthew Kachuk, Elias Lindholm, who have all been pretty quiet for the better part of the last 10, 15 yeah, games. I got to be honest, Huss, I've been waiting for Calgary to snap out of this for a couple weeks. Every night on Fantasy, I, I'm betting on Gaudreau, Monaghan. Okay, this is the night they're playing Ottawa. You know, they're playing Montreal, who's been tough. And they just haven't had anything going at all. Uh, you know, Brad Treliving felt that he had to do something. 
you know, bring in Daryl Sutter. Obviously, they're I think they're a bit limited on who they can bring in because of quarantine rules. He does live in the area, and he will be uh, you know behind the bench uh, you know very soon. So, uh, you know, Calgary they've been playing as you said inconsistent play. I think maybe that you know they don't have that extra you know giver level that they need. Uh, you know, they can't be dropping these games uh, to Ottawa. And Ottawa's yeah. came on so strong since, uh, you know, dropping all those games to the Jets early. So uh, I had high hopes for Calgary. I thought they were going to be uh, the fourth team. I have Winnipeg, Montreal, Toronto in. Is it going to be Edmonton or Calgary? And I think Calgary's got to, you know, think higher of themselves. <laughs> uh, I think those two are going to be battling for that uh, final spot. Very well said, Remo. Calgary needs to up their giver level. And to be honest, that could be something that was said by Daryl Sutter, uh, who is going in and taking over as of tomorrow. Um, Interesting in Edmonton tip, um, putting Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl together on Saturday night and then keeping them together in practice as they go into, you know, this next three game set against the Ottawa Senators. And it's left a nuge to kind of hold things down on the second line. I believe he had Ennis and Pugliarvi on it. Um, it really is an all your eggs in one basket situation. And if you go to Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, put some pressure on for some scoring elsewhere in the lineup. Um, but as we saw, I mean, they needed those guys to snap out of it, and they did. Three points for 97 on Saturday night, and a much needed win yeah, for the Oilers. Yeah, the team's not going. It seems to be an easy fix. Okay, we're just going to put our, you know, the two best players in the league together, and you should get some goals. Uh, the thing for Edmonton has always been depth. They really don't have uh, much of it on, on forward. I mean, you can have the two best guys, and it's still you know shocking they can have McDavid and have Dreisaitl and still not be a total lock for the playoffs. So uh, we'll see how this goes, how long they stay together. Uh, you know, again, depth been an issue. They're going maybe they'll do something at the trade deadline if you can. I mean, this is gonna be a weird trade deadline with the whole quarantine uh, issue, uh, but depth they need. And it does kind of thin out the rest of your line. So, uh, you know, Nugent Hopkins is going to have, a, you know, have to carry a whole line on his shoulders there with line two. No doubt. Well, you know, we've gone pretty long. I do want to get to the lines in a minute. Um, you know, maybe we'll save the Buffalo situation for tomorrow. I mean, just quickly on the Tom Wilson bit. I mean, like the guy has... <laughs> I can't believe he got seven games and I'm not a Tom Wilson guy at all. I mean, no angry. He's dangerous. He does a lot of things that are worthy of suspension. And I'm even fine with giving him a couple games for this, although it's not something they normally do, but I have to admit Remus. I mean, I was stunned um, that they gave seven games and maybe this is, maybe this is NHL player safety sort of changing their tone and, you know, coming down with a much harder hammer of justice on hits like this. But I have to admit, I mean, if that was Baxter, if that was Jacob Rana, I'm not even sure that he gets a phone call from player safety. Yeah, it wasn't called depending on the play. And I, don't get me wrong, I agree with the call. I think it's a fair suspension. But the way that it's gone in the past, uh, it seemed like he wasn't classified as a repeat offender as well, according to how they do this. And it wasn't a penalty. They called it a boarding and not a hit for the head. So you think, okay, they're just going to slap him on the wrist. So, you know, seven games in this shortened season, significant. And, you know, I think it's a dangerous player hitting, uh, you know, Carlos' head into the boards. So, you know, good for them. I think they got it right. But it seems like we never know what, what they're going to do. Just when you think you have it figured out, uh, they do pull a bit of a curveball on us. But I think, you know, the right kind of, of move here. Yeah, no doubt. It. All right, Hassan Remo with you on our first ever show of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks again to everyone that is joining us live on YouTube right now. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast later, it is great to have you on board. 
be doing this every day live at YouTube at 1 o'clock, finishing up by about 2.30 at the latest. So we've got it in your podcast feeds for those of you that have uh, spent the last few years listening to us on your ride home. Now, this afternoon, um, I'm a huge... like I'm not a huge curling guy for 12 months a year, but the minute we get to this point and you know, the Scotties and the Briar are playing, I am all in on it. And I got to tell you, we have a, a major all Manitoba tilt this afternoon between Jason Gunlickson and Mike McEwen. I'm Gunner at 2-0, and got a big win over Brendan Botcher on the weekend, made the most of it, very uncharacteristic mistake by the Alberta skip in the 10th end, scored two, got a huge win to get things going. Gunner and the Manitoba boys are 2-0. and Mike McEwen, for his part, had a real tough start. He and the guys did not play very well. They lost to New Brunswick in game number one, but bounced back with two big wins. So you've got the 2-0 Manitoba team taking on Mike McEwen's wildcard team representing Manitoba. That should be an excellent, excellent way to get into today's action with the TSN curling. Um, so let's get to cool that. Speaking of curling... You can go to coolbet.com and check out all the action for the Briar draws. And now it looks like we do have the evening draws. Here are your matchups with the odds for Coolbet. Nova Scotia, minus 130 against Quebec, minus 106. Very, very tight game, tight odds. As you can see, sometimes they're quite lopsided. Kevin Cooey, 4 0, leading the tournament after that big win against Jacob, um, Brad Gushu yesterday is at minus 10,000 against Nunavut, who is uh, 10 to 1 to win the game. Um, Another closer matchup, and this will be interesting, PEI at plus 100, taking on Newfoundland at minus 139. And the feature matchup tonight is Brad Gushu, Canada, the defending champ, going up against Saskatchewan, but with a Winnipeg connection, of course, Matty Dunstone, is the skip for Saskatchewan, a Winnipeg guy. Might actually see if we can get Matt on later on this week and as well reach out to uh, the guys from the Manitoba teams and Jason and Jason Gunlickson and Mike McEwen. And looking to the action tonight in the National Hockey League on Cool Bet, Vegas and Minnesota. We talked about that game coming up with Gary Lawless, or we talked to him a little earlier on the program. Vegas minus 111, Minnesota minus 105, very close to a pick in that matchup. Uh, Avalanche, big home favorites, minus 182. Coyotes, plus 150 on the Cool Bet line tonight. Oilers, no surprise, minus 250. Heavy favorites at home against the Ottawa Senators, paying over 2-1, to one, plus 205 on the Sens. Uh, St. Louis on the road as a favorite, minus 154 against the San Jose Sharks at plus 130. The Kings, minus 128. Ducks, home dog, plus 108. And the final game is the Vancouver Canucks hosting Les Canadiens Montreal. Montreal is a road favorite, minus 143. Vancouver paying 122, plus 122. On the on those numbers, and you can also, if you're looking at Kubet, you can see Stanley Cup odds right now. The Jets still criminally underrated. Hard to believe they're 39 to one to win the Cup. They're down with the Dallas Stars, the Calgary Flames, Edmonton's at 26 to one, Montreal's at 19 to one. Um, certainly, those are odds that don't reflect what we see in the standings right now. But I think if you're a Jets fan, you'll take it. Um, I'd much rather. 
be betting a team or cheering for a team that's undervalued and better value for the better as opposed to one that's super chalky and, um, you know, you, you really get kind of hosed on those numbers. So uh, we'll see what the odds are tomorrow for Jets-Leafs in game number one of the three-game series. But right now, the focus is on tonight's action, both the NHL and the Tim Hortons Briar. Again, our lines brought to you by our friends at CoolBet.com. Follow them on Twitter, at CoolBetCanada. And, of course, our pal Chris Abbott, at CoolBetChris with a K. We'll have Chris on coming up very soon. But um, if you do want to get in, try CoolBet out. You can uh, pop on to the site. Use the promo code WST for Winnipeg Sports Talk, and you will get a 100% bonus on your opening deposit up to 200 bucks. There are cool bet lines for the day. And, and uh, Remo, we're getting close to 2.30. I guess we're going to be needing to get out a little bit so we can get this podcast loaded up. But I think overall, minus a couple hiccups, which had to be expected, um, we pulled this off. The reaction has been incredible. We still have well over 400 people live in the YouTube chat. Can't wait for everyone to get the podcast a little bit later on. And, uh, I think overall this has been uh, it's been an amazing week. I know it's been very exciting for both of us just to see the buzz and the support we've had from everyone. Uh, but now that we've actually got to the start finish line, got this thing going, seemingly pulled it off. Um, kudos to you and uh, this new venture, and uh, can't wait for tomorrow and can't wait to keep this going. Yeah, I gotta give you a big congratulations, Hus. Uh, we pulled this off. Uh, you did an excellent job hosting. Uh, you know, coming out, uh, getting the logo made getting the site done. Uh, we've put so much work into this, and I was completely blown away by the, re- the response. Again, a lot of excitement on Thursday when we tweeted out the video, but then today when you know Bob McKenzie's tweeting it out to his 1.6 million followers, Dreger as well, I'm like, oh, geez, pressure's on. We haven't even done done a show yet. I don't know what, what these people are expecting, but it, everything went pretty well aside from a couple things. Uh, but as we go on, uh, it'll all be tightened up. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, how this grows. So thank you so much, everyone in chat. And if you are in chat, please hit the subscribe button. We did hit over, I think we're close to 2,100 right now on our first show, which is uh, unbelievable. And I know we've had a lot of likes on this video. So if you do like the content, please uh, hit the like button uh, on your YouTube uh, you know, app or browser, whatever it is. Yeah, you podcast people rate and review, as they say in the game. We're just learning this, but uh, you know, you everyone has been so supportive of this, and we can't. That Bob, by the way, that Bob McKenzie tweet. Uh, meanwhile, in Winnipeg, at Hustlerama is back at it with Winnipeg Sports Talk, and he kicks it off live today with guest Gary Lawless. Interesting choice, Andrew. Carry, uh, interesting choice. Andrew carried Gary for all those years, so muscle memory will kick in. I'm sure. Good luck to all involved. Check it out below. A little fun dig at our pal Gary. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a perfect example of the support that we've had. Um, you know what? In, in all honesty, you know, the last month has been, it started off really badly. And even for me, I mean, going back to, you know, being injured and being in the hospital for a couple months, it's been a real rough, you know, few months in the midst of a global pandemic. And to kind of get here today to feel the love and the support of so many people that were really with me and us through 
the last 10 years at TSN in the aftermath of what happened to be able to turn this around, to be here today talking with you, Remo, with Gary and Marat and, you know, to everyone that's in the YouTube chat and everyone that's going to be here in the podcast a little later on. It's a, it's a great feeling. I mean, there was a lot of work that went into it, but it was, uh, it's all worth it. Um, I think this is going to be the start of something really, really fun, really special with, um, you know, the sky's the limit as we try to add more content to the channel. Um, you know, I did say when we kind of launched this, my vision for this is that, you know, by next hockey season, we might be getting to, you know, four or five hours of content today, working with some other people as well. Um, coming up this week, we will have some more of our familiar voices, some of the boys from the old station. Can tell you tomorrow, Reem, I mean, what a way to get going. We have the sports rabbi himself, my dear friend Matt Liable, one of the most talented guys I have ever worked with, and some very few people do I enjoy talking more with than with Matt. So um, the rabbi is going to roll in, and we'll also have Frank Saravelli joining us. Um, Frank, a great supporter of ours, um, you know, one of the great guys in all of hockey media. So we'll talk Jets, Leafs, everything else going on around the league tomorrow with Frank. We'll get to our cool bet lines and do it all again. So uh, we do have to get out because we need to get these podcasts loaded and ready for everyone at 3 p.m. Once again, want to thank Not Autocorp, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ group, and Chris and the gang over at CoolBet.com. Um, and we also like to thank a lot of people that have reached out wanting to work with us. We're really looking forward to expanding this, growing it, and getting more companies on board. Hit us up at Winnipeg Sports Talk if you are interested in being a sponsor. Um, that is basically going to do it for us, folks. Um, on behalf of Michael Remus and our guests today, Gary Lawless and Marat Atesh, that is in the can. Show number one, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Hustler and Remus. We will be back tomorrow live on the YouTube channel at 1 o'clock p.m. We'll talk to Rabbi Matt Libel. We'll talk to Frank Saravelli. We'll get ready for Jets Leaps tomorrow night. And uh, we're just getting going here, folks. Thanks to everyone for the support. Thanks to those of you who joined us live in YouTube. Show number one in the books. Thanks for viewing and listening, everybody. Can't wait to do it again tomorrow with you, uh, Tuesday afternoon on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Good job, Remo. Uh, I think we've got an outro as well. Let's see if we can just finish it off strong. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.